Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I've been reporting live. I've been self-quarantining inside the inflatable stormy world head um, for the past week. So I hope everybody is safe. I'm sure we're all, you know, doing the buzzwords. We're self-isolating. We're self-quarantining. We're, you know, judging other people for being outside i you know there's a lot of a lot of wars going on about what what is okay to be social and what isn't okay should we go to restaurants should we not go to restaurants should we go to parks should we not go to parks seems like everybody should just stay inside um for fear of any retribution from the outside world (laughs) um wow what a change that this country and the world has gone in in the past few days. And that's saying a lot because we've been through a hell of a lot these past few years. Um, I don't really want to keep going into this because I'm sure this is all everyone's going to be talking about. And frankly, like, we need to remain vigilant and healthy and stay strong because, like me, I'm, like, really growing tired of having to, like, constantly stay um, informed and updated about coronavirus. <laughs> like, I'm tired of it already. I really hope, and I think that everybody said, I think maybe this is the important thing that we need to think about, is that, like, this is a week that everybody needs to be, like, super vigilant because I think, like, if things aren't, like, really tightened and shut down, then things are really going to go wild. So, I think if we all can just hunker down, I know a lot of you guys are having, like, cabin fever and trying to find ways to uh, 
occupy themselves and occupy their time and and readjust to their new lives working from home or just being at home being stuck with children I can't imagine that sounds like a worse nightmare I can't imagine how many parents have you know like looked at their phone to discover that their children are going to be home for you know indefinite amounts of time like what do you do with that what a nightmare um with that being said, we have a great episode today. I had been watching Love After Lockup, but I don't feel like there's a whole like ton to talk about. Lacey's still up to her same shenanigans. Um, we're trying to get Queen Goddess Tracy back into rehab so she can like, you know, figure out her life and her eyebrow situation. Um you know, Michael and, and Sarah and Megan are still a mess and they're fighting in the parking lot of a Comfort Inn and Suites. But I will be back next week to talk about the finale. Um, Angela and Tony are supposed to be getting married, probably under a trellis of like cigarette buds. I don't know. Um, so I will be back with that this week. However, I will be recapping Married at First Sight with a very special guest that we'll get into later. And also I will be talking about, I think I'm just going to consolidate into one episode this week because I have so much free time um, just to do Married at First Sight and the 90 Day Fiance. Um, maybe I'll talk about some news items at the end of this. Maybe not. Uh, if you guys have time, spread the gospel. Don't spread coronavirus. Spread the gospel. That is everyone's business but mine. Tell your friends who are working from home now and need something new to listen to. Uh, you know, take a little time to give me a five-star review. You know, all of these things, you could spend your time wisely by praising me. You know, this is a time that we need to think about others. And if you're going to be thinking about others, it might as well be somebody worth it, right? That's what I think. Anyway, y'all, um, let's get into the episode. I will <laughs> see you on the other side. Oh, but also, by the way, shout out to Trey McKeady. He is the host of a podcast formerly called The Smush Room. Now it is called Dunzo. I feel like I, um, you know, like secreted that name into my mind because I thought about it the other day and lo and behold, he changed it. So it is going to now be from the, uh, you know, podcast talking about celebrities and reality or well, specifically reality stars and their like past relationships to expanding it out to like all celebrities and to get into new different subjects. If you guys have not listened to the new podcast Dunzo, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, Troy McKeady is like a true light. He's incredible. I listened to him and I just like, I don't know how he's so like natural on the mic. It's, it's amazing. He's a treasure, a national treasure, truly. So there's a suggestion for you. If you guys have not listened to Troy McEady, I can't imagine if you listen to me that you don't know who he is, but definitely check out Dunzo. It's a great, great podcast. Okay, guys, now we're going to get into it. All right, you guys, um, Married at First Sight is heating up like crazy. Uh, with me, I have a special guest is the one, the only one of two people who are biologically linked to me. This is my sister, the middle sister, Kelly Berry. Hi, Kelly. I can't believe you called me Kelly. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Cub. I don't know. 
<laughs> I thought about it, but you know what? I decided we'll just go professional. I'll go by your more professional Christian name. But we're not um, professional. I'm not. I'm definitely not professional. <laughs> not um, <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so I wanted to start with a couple of quick fire questions for you. Um, one, do you have an issue with me being the favorite child, or is that okay for you? That's fine. Because she did all the best. What? <laughs> Breaking news. I didn't know this. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm going to have to talk to Sarah about that one. Talk to her. Um, <laughs> to, would you rather do, I ask a lot of people, would you rather do Married at First Sight, Love After Lockup, 90 Day Fiance, but now that you've watched Love is Blind, I'm going to add Love is Blind into that. Which one would you pick? Married at first sight still. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because love, love is blind. I, I don't know. <laughs> at least you, well, at least you get to see the person out and you get the commitment right away. With the love is blind, I would not want to be left at the altar. And that's still an option. So, no. That's very true. Okay. I don't think they would do that on Married at First Sight. I don't think the person would say no. I mean, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will now that Love is Blind is out there. That's true. I think, I wonder if it has happened and we just never saw those couples. That's Uh, what I would think. I don't think so. I think people feel the pressure. Well, like I said, now that Love is Blind has gotten, gotten it out there and people are, you know, horrible people for leaving people at the altar... Maybe they'll maybe people on married at first sight won't feel so obligated, but I think like up until that point they felt obligated to go through it. Right. Even though I guess they technically they didn't have to. I mean, what are they gonna do? Shoot him in the head? Well, they could have just, you know, said no, just like the people on Love is Blind. Right. But at that point, I feel like I don't know what the difference is, but the Love is Blind people, they you know, were either given the option or did not care. <laughs> but right. I'm not going to allow you to get all the way dressed up and have your family there and then walk away. Like, that's crazy. I feel yeah. I feel like at least with Mary, at Mary at first sight, you're going to give it a chance. Or try, at, at least the first day, at least. <laughs> so you just want the hope of a one day, at least a 24-hour commitment. <laughs> right. <laughs> and just, give me, just give me 24 hours of marriage at, le- at the minimum. <laughs> And a free honeymoon. Right, right. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of Married at First Sight, uh, we're opening. It is now the one-month anniversary episode. Um, The couples have been married for four weeks, and they have four weeks left until decision day. So this is like the exact halfway point. Um, So the show starts off with Mika and Michael. And Michael's making breakfast for Miko, and he says, like, he's going on about how significant it is that he makes breakfast because he and his grandma used to do it on the weekends. But then we find out, wah, wah, Mika hates breakfast. Right. Like, first of all, he started off by saying, pretend this is France, and then you offered sausage and eggs. So, (laughs) (laughs) he, he wrote a menu down, and you only had two things on it. And the only thing she had was orange juice or mimosa. Definitely mimosa, because I'm going to need alcohol for this, for sure. 
Right. Open up that bottle, Andre. And I did see that it was Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it popping, sir. Um, okay. So, yeah, she hates breakfast and she's like really hoping that she basically doesn't have to be held prisoner to all the nice things that he wants to do because he doesn't listen to her and the things that she actually likes. Who doesn't like breakfast, though? That's what I'm wondering. I, I asked on Twitter, like, what is the thing that would be a, like, a what's a food decision that your partner could make that would be a deal breaker? And, like, breakfast might be one of them for me. For real? I love like, if you don't like breakfast, if you're those people who, like, you know, like, like mom doesn't really like breakfast and she'll, she can go to like two o'clock without eating anything. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just like, I like the experience. Like if you're going to have breakfast, like a full on breakfast, like I like that. It doesn't have to be every day, but you can't want to be one of those people who just doesn't like breakfast. Cause when it gets nice out, I want to go to brunch. I know. Right. That's what and that's thing that people do. Right. And I don't want to hear you complaining about how you don't want it. The eggs Benedict. Cause I do. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's she. She just she's too hard on him. But I was hard on him for saying, "Pretend you're going to France and you only have uh, <laughs> eggs." He's corny. There's something weird about him. You're very more like I'm Team Mika all the way. You're not so much. Because <clears throat> she's but I think you're getting But that was funny. I was like, really? you, don't, you don't do things. And none of those are, I mean, at least have a croissant. Something French. Something. A little, like, thing that you got from, from Home Goods, but has a, the pair, you know, the, the Eiffel Tower or something. Exactly. Something French. <laughs> Put a beret on or something. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so they basically, they seem to be on better footing than they were the episode before. So that's something. When he lied constantly. Right. <laughs> After they got all the lies out, she's, they seem to be on better footing. Then we get to Jessica and Austin. And Jessica comes home from the gym and finds that Austin has gotten her roses and rosé for their anniversary. Um, and then he also got this, like, one of those fifth grader hand mold kits so they could sit there and hold hands with each other. I mean, it was cute, and I love Austin, so I would have done that, like, 100%. I I went in on Austin because I really thought that he was going to be, like, a nerd and kind of, like, a loser. Like, he just gives me, you know, like, doesn't ever have good toilet paper in his house energy. And I thought he was going to be like that, but I think he's he's better, maybe even cooler than I expected him to be. Yes. The only thing I would say is the hand going to have to definitely be pla- painted black, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> I he, mean, black. he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> what um, he seems like a nice guy. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's definitely a winner. Two thumbs up. <laughs> um, then we get to two thumbs down, Mindy and Zach. Um, she's ice skating and Zach comes to join her and she get like any little thing that he does, she gets really excited about the potential of their relationship turning around and it never really does. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about she, her is she's yeah. always saying, I don't know who knows. I'm hoping girl, you know, you know, you know, you, you shouldn't have any more hope just because he 
ice skates with you or comes over and plays card games with you doesn't He's mean filming his film filming obligations this isn't right. about you <laughs> this exactly. is about him wanting to be on tv it's it's crazy oh. um I loved seeing him fall because he tells us that he's like super competitive and that he basically says that like he hates the fact that Mindy's so good at ice skating that he's doing whatever he can to try to learn <laughs> things, which ends up in him falling. Actually, I don't even, he actually did pretty good. I mean, the fact that he's not an ice skater and he got out there and was able to stay up and actually try things, I thought he did pretty good, actually. I mean, Have that's, you ever only, been ice skating? that's the only thing he's good at. Have you ever been ice skating? Because I have never been. No. I don't even think I would be able to stand up. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think he did pretty good. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's ice skated before, but. And he definitely looked like he had ice skated before. But yeah, I don't think us berries are, are prone to winter sports. No. We're definitely not out there, and I couldn't even imagine. I, like I said, I probably wouldn't even be able to stand up. So he didn't no. good <laughs> um, They seem to kind of be having a good time, which is, you know, weird. That's probably one of the very few moments where I've seen them actually seem to enjoy each other's time with each other, but that's always uh, few and far between and also short-lived. Yeah, um, very short-lived. So, <laughs> so then the couples all get a basket from the experts to commemorate the month. It's got like a zip drive that has their wedding, the actual wedding, and it has their vows and pictures, the photo album, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when we get back to Michael and Mika and Mika, Michael takes Mika out on the boat. Do you want to talk about his outfit? You can. <laughs> <laughs> He was giving me, I don't know, like, he just signed a bad boy and just wanted to show off his money, like, in the mid That was definitely Forever 21, $10 dress and jacket. With a denim jacket on top. Neither of them were really dressed for the occasion. Right, exactly. She wasn't But I'll give it to her because she's 25, but he was dressed like Thurston Howell III. (laughs) Well, that's why he got a pack of ties. From Target. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, Wait a minute. A pack of ties. I don't even know. I've never seen one in my life. <laughs> Usually you get individual ties. It came right. plastic. In a plastic pack. Plastic pack? Like, <laughs> how did you? I've never seen that in my life. Like, I know they live in DC. I don't know where the little, you know, um, district district is in DC, but I mean the clothes garment district in, is in DC. But wherever <laughs> it is, she went there, and she she got three ties for nine ninety nine, basically. <laughs> she went to the place that does wholesale and retail, and right. and got one of those. <laughs> I couldn't get past that. That was. The the tie idea is good, but the packaging in the three pack thing, no, ma'am. <laughs> oh, you know they have that smell to it, like those like scarves that you get for five dollars. They've the been food. sitting in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think even Costco has more elegance than that in their packaging. Costco wouldn't put three 
ties in plastic. Um, so they basically agree that they've both gone through a lot, but they're happy to be in the place that they're at now. Um, Michael does this whole, like, hemming and hawing about, like, oh, I was trying to think of a gift for you, and I didn't want to bring you candy anymore, and I was thinking about the things that you liked, and one of the things that she's been mentioning is that she wants to go, uh, swimming with the dolphins in, like, a bunch of different countries, so he tells her that he got her a flight Excuse me, he booked them a trip to Ocho Rios, Jamaica, so she could swim to the Dolphins there. First of all, he scrolled through his phone (laughs) to book the trip or whatever he was doing when he was scrolling. I'm like, did you not even have the trip booked until you just now? What was he doing looking at his phone? He probably just Googled places you can swim with dolphins. Ocho Rios was the first one that came up, and so he just said he booked that. (laughs) <laughs> hey, do you remember that episode of Martin where they um he took her to Chilligan's Island and that Cam was, damn puppy. what'd you say? That ain't no damn puppy. Was that right. that episode? The episode where Cam <laughs> that puppy down? Yeah. <laughs> What's gonna happen? It's not gonna be a dolphin, it's gonna be a puppy. <laughs> uh so Mika is she says she's excited, but she looked like he just told her that they had a bunch of laundry to do when they got home. Right. Because she knows he's lying. That's the first thing she said. She said, I'm really excited, but I hope that he's being honest. I hope it's not too good to be true. Exactly. Because you're on your way to Chilligan's Island. (laughs) (laughs) So then they go back to the hotel. This is really all we see of them. They go back to the apartment and they have cake and champagne and that was really about it for them. So I would like to just squash them for the rest of the recap um next i think we're gonna go to brandon and taylor so they are not living together so they both get individual commemorative anniversary packets to his apartment and her apartment that she's staying with that their couple apartment that she's still staying in um so dr pepper says that she did it they did that to remind them about their journey and they're watching the wedding video and they go back to, you know, Taylor and Brandon, blah, blah, blah. It's, they're reading their vows and it's all very dramatic, even though they're not sitting together. Mm-hmm. But then Brandon tells us that Taylor reached out to him and that he's going to go and he's just going to take it from there. But he doesn't really know what's going to happen. So then we see them go get their nails done. First of all, the only thing. <laughs> You need to be making is a hair appointment. <laughs> I can't get past her hair. Okay, let's just start here. I do not have a problem with wigs, and I don't have a problem with extensions. I've worn both. But that, right. but hers is too much. It's, it looks like a mop of three different shades. It wasn't even on her head, actually. It was like sitting back, and all I could do was just stare at her scalp. Just propped up there. It's like, how many packs of hair do you think that is? A (laughs) hundred. So for my white listeners, tell people like what a normal amount of packs of hair is for just your standard braids. I mean, three is a lot. Three is a lot. Two and three is where where you would want to be. And she has a hundred. So that's just, you know. (laughs) 
I don't even know where she got that hair. I mean, I, I have extensions in right now. And I, I've had several before in my life. I don't know where she got this because I don't know what it is at all. It, and like, how it got colored that way, I don't know. <laughs> it looks like Beyonce from like when she first broke from Destiny's Child. And don't put, had... Okay, stop. <laughs> I am not a Beyonce fan at all. But you can't put... <laughs> Her in that let, me, let me finish my okay. let me finish the thing though. Please it looks like it looks like she cobbled two of the two wigs together. She got that in an estate sale. She put two of them together. The wigs from 1998-1999. Throw <laughs> them together and this is what's happening. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it looks a mess. I mean, it's one thing to be walking around in your daily life like that, but you know you're being filmed, and this is what you do with your hair? I mean, no, it's not acceptable, and I can't deal with it. And she's a, she's supposed to be a scientist or something like that, I think. Scientist slash influencer. That's, don't influence anybody to have their hair look like that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it how I was like feeling science, about. Maybe it's a science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many? How many different micro? Yeah. <laughs> how many universes can we grow in this set of hair? Right. Um, no, I was feeling that way about Diamond from Love Is Blind. Like, she's a nice girl and she's a cute girl, but like, how are you living in Atlanta and you're supposedly? a basketball dancer and your hair looks like that oh, it just doesn't did, add up she did fix it in the reunion show because well, she got fix- called out for it when they got into it at the pool and he told her to make sure you put your wig on your head or something whatever he said so she got it she got that from him and at the reunion show it looked a lot better yeah but a lot better from what it was still wasn't great kelly it was it was all right. It was all right. It def- I would take that over Taylor's ten times. True, true, true. Um, so they go to get manicures, and in a talking head, Pastor Cal tells us that they need to put their issues aside because they're in the past. Uh-huh. What do you? How are you? I feel like the experts are wild in this season more than ever, and I just feel like they're really trying to force these couples to stay together. When they know that they shouldn't. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, they know they're done at this point. I don't even know why they're even bringing them up into this. But I don't he, she, I agree with Brandon. She should have apologized to him after she get gave him the card. She should have then said, "I wanted to say I'm sorry again," because he did. You know, like he said, he said it. And a card it wasn't enough for him. And I, you know, I agree. Right. So she gives him a card when they're at the nail, supply, nail shop. And <clears throat> he reads it silently. And then when he stops reading it, his face just kind of falls like, oh, well, all right. And you can tell that he's upset because, like you said, she never took the time to apologize to him, apparently, off camera, <clears throat> since the last time that they've been filming. And she's not saying it aloud. And she's just saying it in the in the card. So 
he is you can tell he's completely checked out of the situation and I don't even really know why he's there like I honestly think he just wanted to be like a little bit mean to her and then no, keep approaching. I think he wanted an apology and I think he even if um it only led to friendship or some type of you know just being cordial with each other I think he Want, went there for an apology and he should have known he wasn't going to get it. Right. He should have known that he was not going to get it. And so he basically <clears throat> says that she, Taylor says that she wants to work on their friendship and Brandon says that he feels like she's not being honest and he was like, well, is there anything else that you want to get off your chest? And then Taylor starts to get, this is where she starts to get aggravated and says, you know, she's always hoping the conversation will go better than it is, but it doesn't. And that it always goes sideways And when they start to talk about Panama. Um, well, and- he is still looking for an apology. And he giving her a second opportunity by saying, is there anything else you want to say? And she, you know, said no, so... And I think it is fair, like, she does need to acknowledge the fact that, like, what that video that she made was petty and that anybody in the planet would think that this was a pointed video, like a subtweet kind of video directed towards right. him. And, and he uh, asked her, he gave her a third opportunity by saying, okay, so the video, if I would have done that, would you have been okay with it? And instead of her saying no, she continues to say, well, you could have explained it yourself. How? What? How can you explain that video? You right. can't. It was wrong, dead wrong. She should have apologized, but even then, I still wouldn't have. I'm, I'm, on with Brandon on this one. I gotta let that one go. Yeah. See, that's what I think. Like, I don't think he ever intended on like making things right. That's why I'm not really mm-hmm. sure why he wanted to meet up with her because I think he knew that she was still gonna not be completely sincere about it and even if she was he still wasn't interested so that's why I'm like I don't really know why you wasted your time by going there but it was good TV so I appreciate that yeah (laughs) I was like (laughs) oh my god if I was a nail tech I would have had to ask a question like right like why would you guys meet there of all places that makes her seem more of a Trixie than before because she probably got her nails done for free by production. She probably did. Oh, he did. <laughs> he ain't pay anybody or tip. <laughs> he left, put that backpack on and split. Split. Um, so he says that Taylor's a narcissist and that she has a problem admitting when she's wrong and that he can't be with somebody like that. He's, he's right. And he also said he doesn't have a problem finding friends and he wasn't he did not come on the show to find a friend I totally right. agree with her I agree I think I just have a problem with him because I don't like him either and I just feel like he is getting away with looking like the better person in the situation because she messed up mm-hmm. so I don't want to give him too much credit but you're right yeah, I mean, I don't. I just think he, he's think getting lucky like, because because she, she messed up. Yeah, he's. You cannot use foul language at me and think that's okay. 
but at the same time, she also disrespected him. So they're equal, they're on equal footing. But I feel like hers was kind of worse because she doubled down on it and was not going to apologize at any point. Right. At least acknowledge that it was a hurtful thing. Like, even if you don't apologize, say, like, I understand why it hurt your feelings. Right. She didn't do that. He knew he knows that what he did was wrong. He said he was wrong. She still doesn't see a problem with it. And neither did any of her friends. So we're basically that's basically the end of what we see of them for the episode. Do you think that he is right in her his assessment that she just came on the show to be on TV? Yeah. And I do think she probably would have been a better fit for the um, Love Island show or whatever it's called. Right. Yeah, you're right. All right. So then we get to Katie and Derek. And Katie tells us that she told Derek, you call her Freckles, by the way. Right. (laughs) Um, Freckles told Derek that she wants to keep her townhouse. That basically she said this, she hit him up while he was at work one day and was like, oh, I think I want to keep my townhouse. And that basically he went off on her and she, he asked her why she felt so disgusted to be with him. And she said that she never used those words, but she was hesitant to put all her eggs in a basket with him, with Eric, because She's just so afraid that he's not going to be able to love her in a year. I'm really having a hard time, like... (sighs) In a year? In eight weeks? Well, she doesn't want to put... I guess she felt like she doesn't want... Yeah, she knows that he's not going to do it by the end of the experiment. And she doesn't want to, like, waste her time in it being six months to a year from now. And he still hasn't said it. Do you think that this is a big deal? Because this feels very, like, 20-something to me. It's ridiculous, and she should have got cursed out. Because, <laughs> I mean, you are married. This man is showing you everything that he should be at this point. I mean, you've only known him for four weeks. And right. you continue to say, you don't, you're don't. you not going to love me, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. He had enough. And Derek is a nice person. I don't think he would push I don't think he would say that unless he was pushed and I feel like he was pushed and I again I'm not condoning you know using foul language with your spouse or anything of that nature but I feel like he had just been pushed so far with her and this crap about not saying I love you in eight weeks you don't know what love is girl if you knew, right. you wouldn't even be asking for a specific time frame. She she has a very, like, Taylor Swift view about romance and, like, what it should be. You guys should also be, like, you know, she's like Giannina, that you guys should be, like, running in fields together and, like, doing all this romantic stuff. And every romance that you're going to be is some, like, whirlwind, love at first sight situation. And it's, like, it's not, that's not the reality of the situation. Like, I get that you entered into this wanting to be married and happy, but then there's also the reality of just being a human being <laughs> and not falling in love with somebody in eight weeks because that's not really what usually happens. And she doesn't, she doesn't love him. 
she doesn't love him either. And I think that she's like reflecting that insecurity or whatever you want to call it back onto him and making it his fault um, at all. And if he leaves her on the finale, I will be more than happy to uh, (laughs) give him his props for that because she's ridiculous. She is completely ridiculous. She better turn it around in these last four weeks because she's really, she's horrible. (laughs) Because the episode, the last episode, we saw them ending on, like, him saying, like, oh, I looked up neighborhoods that we could live in after the experiment that is close to your job and my job so our commutes aren't too bad. Like, she's obviously taking this very seriously. She asked him that question and then turned around and said, I'm not moving? Girl, go sit down. Right. And didn't understand how that could be frustrating him. Like, I would be like, fuck you too. (laughs) She, she, you asked me, I, you knew I had thought about it because I told you. And then you come back and tell me you're not moving anyway. That's ridiculous. She's ridiculous. She doesn't deserve him. And if, if she winds up by herself at the end of the season, good. (laughs) I, yeah, I think that is completely unfair. Like, I really wonder, like, if she ever said why she wouldn't move in with him. Like, is it still just the love thing that he specifically asked you to stop bringing up because she you're not say. making it fair for him? Like, she and you said, agreed to do that? She said because she had worked so hard to get the town home, she didn't want to give it up for oh. um, something that's not... A hundred percent, but there's ways around that, and she knows it, and that's just ridiculous. Right, like she could, you could still say like, "I'm gonna rent this out for six months or month to month, and if things don't work out, I still got my place." Like it's not the end of the world. Exactly. I'm sure that there's a way, there's a transition period in there that the show may help them out with, um, so that they can transition houses. But whatever, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I like you said before, I don't want to be cursed at, but it's also like you keep pushing this dude to change something that he literally cannot change and right. you keep challenging him on stuff. Like, if you're not interested, then just cut bait, you know? Just do it. Right. Um. So then we get back to Jessica and Austin, and Austin set up a private room in a restaurant for them to have dinner. He got her sunflowers, which is her favorite flower. Um, they're basically like so happy. They're, they're boring, basically. Like they're just gushing about how easy the whole thing has been, how they didn't expect it, you know, to be so not in love, but so, you know, like each other so much and be so comfortable with one another and be so connected with one another. The only thing that I feel like they're, and I feel like they're trying to make this a storyline is that Jessica seems like she wants to say, I love you. And she's kind of waiting for Austin, but he is being more like cautious and careful about that. So she is trying to kind of like needle, like, Oh, do you think that we're growing in love? And he was like, yeah, I think we are. But like, he still is not going to say it to her. She's also tripping. Um, Austin is adorable. I love Austin. He's funny. He's quirky. He's, he's trying so hard to do all the little stuff that she wants him to do, like leave the toilet seat down, make the bed, blah, blah, blah. 
she is tripping like girl he will tell you eventually you know it and now you know the more that you push it it's kind of making it not less authentic you know so she should just tell him if she want to say it then go ahead but or don't or leave it off leave that whole topic off the table but he's showing you every day when he said she's the highlight of my day girl right i would and when when she was like when he was like talking about how he never makes the bed and how how like he does it for her i'm like these are the things that you want to hear that he's like taking his time to be conscious of the things that are important to you even if they're silly then I'm going to sit there and be like, oh, I need to make sure that I make the bed every day because this is something that she likes and something that she wants, you know? And she literally counted the one time he didn't do it. Right, like, okay, <laughs> mom. Oh, Damn. <laughs> when he asked her, "Did I have I done everything right? She was like, well, one time. And he knew exactly what time it was, too. I was like, dang, you could have just been like, babe, you fine. Right. You didn't have to put him on front street. <laughs> Jeez, mom, we're just trying to, like, I took me out to Pizza Hut for my perfect attendance, and now you want to talk about the B I made on the test. Like, damn. Yeah. Have here. <laughs> um, adorable. I love Austin. What do we think we can do about his hair? His hair is fine. His hair is fine, Kelly. What? His hair is fine. I like when he moves it back, and Ugh. he's so cute to me. Oh, Kelly. He's cute. <laughs> he's cute. He, he's not, he's handsome. He's cute. And I think his personality for me is what is attractive because he's funny. Um, he's a nice person. He's handsome in ways other than physical, but I also think he's a cute guy. Okay, um, <laughs> so then we get back to Mindy and Zach, and they're having their anniversary dinner. This, like, really burned my grits, girl. Mm. So they're having a nice little walk down memory lane, and Mindy's hopeful that Zach is going to spend the night. <sighs> okay. Um, Zach, you know, is, like, talking about the they're going through the photo album of the wedding, and they're talking about, you know, how things have been and he seems all bleary eyed and reminiscent about stuff and then he says that like he's used to being in control and that parts of this experience have tested his ability to be in control and that that's very humbling for him and Mindy was like well have you considered like letting go of that control um and she asks if he'll spend the night and see how the night goes so can we get into the him just staring at in space and being like, how do I get myself out of this? His whole face turned red. Turned bright red, and he, like, couldn't even make contact with her. And it's sad, because he seems he like... he knew it was shady. He knew it was shady, and he seems disgusted by her. So <clears throat> then <clears throat> she goes, after he just stares into space like a dum-dum, she goes... Okay, well, it feels like a slap in the face when I'm following through on my commitments and you have time to do everything but this. And then Zach says it's hard and he starts stammering and then Mindy's like, okay, well, are you gay? Do you have a girlfriend? 
and he was like stuffing food in his face and he was like oh well neither of those and then he starts to get aggravated and asks if they can give this an honest effort and I'm thinking that he's like turned over a new leaf but no then he starts to suggest that she hasn't been honest about stuff and everybody me and her are both completely confused about what he's talking about this was psychotic psychotic because he completely came out of the air with that one and he, and he pulled was out of his about it yeah and was like why don't you really think really think about like before then he tried to give these like timeline things like you know before we got to the honeymoon and then when we were there and then after the honeymoon like is there anything that like maybe you should be admitting that you weren't honest about and she was like I don't know what you're talking about and then we're both getting aggravated because she's like we'll just say what it is and he's like I'm not gonna say what it is she's like well what is the point of you making a big deal about me not being honest if you're not even gonna tell me what it is that I was supposedly lying the only thing I saw in that scene were the bottles behind her because all I wanted to do was just start throwing them. <laughs> there is nothing more. We we have a, a secret thing, a secret sister activity where we text each other about our pet peeves. And there is truly nothing more annoying to me than somebody who will suggest something but then not tell you. Oh my God, yes. Dr- like, I, I, I will ring your neck like just say what it is don't call me to the carpet and then be like oh well I don't want to get into it no get into it the only thing I could think of was just to start throwing bottles (laughs) nothing else could come out of that that would make Johnny better like what did he think that he was going to accomplish by pulling that move Zach know. really thinks that he's smarter than her. Oh, God. And he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a big dumb dumb he who is, keeps is dummy. trying to like use philosophical words to just to, you know, explain away the fact that he thinks that she's ugly and that he'll never be attracted to her. And he really thinks that he's smarter than her and that he's getting over on her. And he's not. It was I so can't. frustrating. I can't even. <sighs> yeah, I can't. I, and she I, even I... was like, "Why didn't like if this was such a big issue, a big underlying issue? Like, you could have said this to me off camera. You could have said this to me at any point if you it had was a such lie. a there right to say she was nice. She Wait. was so, so the whole time she was so nice to him. Like even their conversation later. I just could not believe how calm she was because I would have been screaming and like, oh, I would have been so mad at him. So, yeah, she's getting super frustrated and thinks that he's making something up. And then finally, she's the one to walk out. Thank God. Ugh. Um, So then we get back to Katie and Derek and they have dinner, but Katie's still upset about the fight that they had gotten into. And she said that this made her realize that one of her boundaries now is that she doesn't want to be cursed at, which is fair. Yeah, that's fair. 
Um, he is trying to just like enjoy this dinner. He said, like, I don't want to have this conversation. I just want to be able to like enjoy this special moment that we're supposed to have, and then we can revisit this later. Um, and but Katie brings up being cursed at and Derek shutting down, and he explained that it was because that he cursed at her because she told him that he was that she had checked out of the relationship, and that that's why he cursed at her. Um, then... And he's also tired of your mess. (laughs) Right. But then she kind of challenges him. She's like, no, I actually didn't say I was checked out until you cursed me out. And he almost pulls out his phone to, like, prove a point, and then he stops, and she's like, go, pull your phone out. And then he was like, well, I just don't want to fight about this. (laughs) So, like, he realized, like, maybe I did say that that first. And, um... He's a really nice... And he just got pushed to the limit. And again, neither one of us wants to be, you know, have someone say something like that to us. But he he was pushed. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I don't um, think he's a person. He's just, he was just sick of her. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And I think that they could have they could have been having just as much fun as Jessica and Austin this whole time. I just don't, exactly. I don't know what it is that we're not either we're not seeing something about how he behaves that is such a turnoff to him, or she's just creating problems. And she's I'm leaning towards she's creating problems. She's definitely creating it. She's making up timelines and guidelines in her head that make zero sense. And I hope she gets left at the altar. Because I think if if he was doing something, she would have no problem saying those things. Of course. Of course. Like, she wouldn't be keeping it from production. No, no. He's not doing anything. She's making things up in her head. Yeah. So, then he was like, okay, well, let's, like, try to make things lighter. He asks her, like, what are your dreams? What are your life goals? What's on your bucket list? Mm-hmm. And... She just says that she wants to travel and then she asks him what his dreams are and he says he wants to go backpacking in a couple different countries. He wants to skydive. He wants to compose a Christmas song. (laughs) And Katie's like, I thought it was cute and funny, but Katie did not like it. She's like, well, I don't know how you're going to be doing all this while we have kids and and you just said you wanted to travel. Right. He said he wanted to travel. What's the difference? 
Right. If he wants to make a silly little Christmas song, then let him do it. Who cares? Is that bothering you? Is it bothering you? Like he's gonna be out there in the in down in the basement, like abandoning (laughs) his children to create a Christmas song. Exactly. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I mean, again, he said, "What's your dreams?" He's trying to get to know you. You act like you're irritated, so you give him some random-ass answer and say you want to travel. He also says what he wants to do, which is... Which back might involve travel. Right. Involves travel and a Christmas song, which I thought was hilarious. And you look at him like he's crazy and then say, I don't know how you're going to do these things. She's ridiculous. Now that I think about it, I definitely want her to get left at the altar. <laughs> And blindsided. <laughs> and I feel like Derek would be a really good dad. Like, he seems like he's got that kind of, like, like, he's like, I feel like a more serious for children. Like, he, he seems like he's got that, like, childlike thing where he could really tap into, like, being a good dad in that okay. way. Definitely the one that's going to be crawling into the, he, with his big ass. Crawling right. Into- with you getting stuck he's definitely that type of guy he's a great guy i don't know what her problem is she needs to get left <laughs> Period. Um, <laughs> so then he reveals like the white king that he is that he had bought her tickets to see her favorite artist they're gonna fly to nashville and spend the weekend there and go to the concert and she starts to cry and then they basically go back home and there's petal like flower petals and candles, probably the same set that they've been using since they went to Panama. Right. And <laughs> and he shows her, Sir, I could not believe this. He had asked their parents for pictures of, of her and the family and of her growing up, that he made this whole collage of them and their families and he was doing this whole speech about how her family is now his family and vice versa and he did this whole photo album that had pictures of her as a child and it was just very very thoughtful and amazing and i hope that he does all of that and still leaves her at the altar (laughs) (laughs) seriously i'll say to her He does things that are extremely, extremely thoughtful. He doesn't seem like the type of person that would be that to do, to leave her at the end of the show, but I really hope he does. (laughs) I I agree. Like, I don't really like photo collages like that, but if you did something like that, that's really nice. It was super sweet, especially for him to go out to her parents. And then when he said, your family is my family, my family is your family. Yeah. That is love. That is love, girl. Right. Exactly. Uh, so then she starts crying more. They recite their vows to each other and they promise to do better by the vows that they said. And then Katie says that she feels like he, she has not created an environment to make him feel secure enough to fall in love. So right. that she wants to make him feel more secure. Right. And, and she, has, she better get on it like ASAP. Really? <laughs> Yesterday, girl. Um, mm-hmm. Like before you said that you were going to keep your townhouse. 
Um, so then they their scene ends by they're taking a bath. He says a very another very thoughtful thing that she likes to take baths at the end of every night because it's relaxing for her and that he just wanted to join her in the bath and they had like a nice conversation and she, mm-hmm. you know, seems to have changed her tune a little bit. I don't okay. want you in my bath, but that was cute. It was cute. <laughs> um, so then we end on Mindy and Zach again. So Mindy is going through her wedding album alone and she's feeling very in limbo about whether or not she should stay. So then she calls Zach and invites him to go look through the the uh, albums and stuff. And they basically, he comes over and they say that, you know, that their future was so bright and, but things really changed that they both agreed about that. Um, and Zach makes a point to say, like, I know it's probably weird that I'm sitting here, you know, and, and like, being reminiscent with you when I basically just called you a fucking liar. (laughs) He's like, but that's, you know, he's like, that's just how I am. And I'm like, well, we're both the same way. Like the, you can't just have an elephant in the room. Like we got to address this. I'm not going to be sitting out here looking at pictures with you when you just called me out on national television. No. Well, I don't even know why she invited him over. I I have no idea why he was there, but well, I think she was trying to get to the point, and thank God she did. So she basically calls him out and says that he doesn't, she doesn't think that Zach takes the marriage seriously, but that she's like, you know, I consider you my husband, and I really take issue with my husband calling me dishonest. And he still doesn't want to say what it is that she allegedly has done. Because it's a lie. Right. Then he starts saying that she's hiding details of whatever. Um, Then she's like, well, you realize that if you don't say what I did, that you end up looking like a liar, right? And he was like, well, I don't have a problem with that. (laughs) She's like, Hmm. okay. Um, So then we find out the realty and Mindy goes... Have you been like talking to my friends or something? Like, what's going on? And um, then he admits that he had been speaking to her friend Lindsay, and that Lindsay had reached out to him. That basically, when Lin- Mindy had reached out to Lindsay to tell her like all the things that had been going wrong about how Zach wasn't attracted to her and how he didn't want to move in and stuff. So he claims that. Lindsay reached out to that they had followed each other after the wedding on Instagram. First of all, wrong. Period. Period. For you to never bring that up. Weird. And then I don't even know it. Yeah. I, so then he says that basically that she reached out to that Lindsay reached out to him to like ream him out after um after finding out that they had all their issues with each other and that they kind of like formed a friendship after that no ma'am that (laughs) no nothing about that was true I, it sounded so weird. He said that he told he was trying to explain to Lindsay about the attraction stuff and that it helped to hear from her perspective because he says that she's like as straightforward and logical as he is, which didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like, 
what's the logic in you refusing to like what's the logic in you being in a relationship with somebody that you claim to not be attracted to not do anything to try to improve the relationship and continue to make it more and more weird like what what's what's being logical and straightforward about that first of all they flashed flashed back to her girlfriend coming into the room when she was getting dressed for the wedding the girl you would have thought she was a supermodel she's not a supermodel I you don't see much of her but you know that she's not a supermodel right oh my god I don't know how many sat there again once again things would have been flying that whole box would have been flying it really already should have been on flame in flames actually like when, they, when she got home how and invited him over she should have said meet me outside and it should have been in flames that's the only thing i could think of that would have made me feel any better at that moment about her she so, was so calm and collected asking him these questions like okay so you've been speaking to my friend and you didn't tell me and what were you guys talking about like she I, she was so smart because she's like, if I'm just calm about this, then this dummy is going to tell me everything. Exactly. Well, he'll lie, but he'll he'll have answers that I can he'll, now go back to my girl and confirm. He'll reveal things that he probably shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be able to sort the pieces together myself. So then... She okay, so then he like admits that they've been communicating over the phone, and she was like, Well, do you think that maybe you should have told me that? Like, if you claim that I have a big secret, then don't you think that maybe you should have told me you've been talking behind my back to one of my good friends? And he was like, Oh, yeah, maybe (laughs) his stuff was a whole lie, and the fact that she did not wail on his ass is beyond me because I would have had to jump him. <laughs> and then you said I that later, I'm going to get my homegirl that's got my back, the one that don't like him, and let her get you get you some more. And then we're going to leave there and go to Lindsay's house and, and whoop her ass too. <laughs> right. Zatch. Um, right. Zatch. <laughs> so there, or excuse me, Zach claims that Lindsay had Mindy's best interests in mind and that they, she was like, when's the last time you spoke? And he said he had not spoken to her in days. So Mindy says that she feels deceived and Zach tells her not to dwell on it. Okay. And then then he leaves. So then we get Mindy. Again, another opportunity. He had his back to you. All she had to do was pick that basket up and just, slam ram him in the back of his head i couldn't that's all i could think of i couldn't even see straight at that point (laughs) um so then she calls Lindsay, and she was like well i think you should just be honest about what's going on because it's all gonna come out eventually and then Lindsay's like a trapped rat and she was like oh so you know like Lindsay says that the last time that they communicated was actually when he texted her that morning and was like, oh, hey, happy Friday, good morning. And they'd spoken on the phone. He t- 
told Mindy, Zach told Mindy that they'd only spoken on the phone like once or twice. But she says that, Lindsay says that they'd spoken on the phone multiple times, um, both about Mindy and their relationship and just about other things, and that she thought that they were really forming a friendship with one another. No, 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 no. You're not, you're not. Not when you're doing it behind my back, no. I don't know how Mindy sat there and listened to this, but you're right. Maybe she's so calm because she's trying to get the answers. And if you're not rational, as I would have been, you're not going to get answers. But when she said, let me see the text message, send me a screenshot. And, oh, uh, uh, I don't know if I still have it. Bitch. And then she was saying, (laughs) one of my bad flaws is that, like, if I'm talking to somebody and I know I shouldn't be talking to them, then I just delete their number so I don't have access to them. What? Girl. What does that mean? You guys decided, he told you, with your dumb, ugly ass, to delete the message so that you wouldn't have it. And you listened to him. And then... When she asked you for it, you talking about you are you do stuff like that. Why? Why? Why would you do that? Why? There would be no reason for you to be deleting texts unless you were upset with that person and you didn't want to talk to them again, or you were trying to hide evidence, which is ninety ninety nine percent of the reason why people delete that's, their texts. That's what I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, you, when you don't want to have evidence, that's the only time you delete it because if they're just. If y'all are just having conversations about Mindy, which you shouldn't be, anyway, um, it just didn't make any any sense. She's like, well, and I'm she just pretended to be disgusted with him. Oh, he's a disgusting person. He's right. I'll delete his number as soon as I get off the phone with you. If you felt that way, you should have had his number deleted, girl. And right. you should have told me that you felt disgusted by him and that you should have confessed and said, I've been talking to this guy, but I feel like now I know, you know, how you feel. I played myself. He's disgusting. No, I'm coming to you and you're telling me this. And then saying I was going to stop talking to him until filming was over. Slipped. She slipped on that, didn't she? Total slip. She was like, oh, I'm not going to talk to him again. We agreed to not talk until after filming. Okay, well, which one is it? It's the one. It's you really want to hope this guy is into you and he's probably not right and you like the idea of what him i guess i don't know that girl is whack and And if he texted you that morning and you were like oh i don't know if i deleted those texts or not like you don't remember if at some point this day you deleted a bunch of texts from somebody you don't remember she said she deleted them and then she said I'll delete his number when I get off the phone. No, you already said you deleted it. Right. So how do you have it if you deleted everything already? So you don't have I, access to them, but he just texted you. Right. I think that the... Deleting <laughs> text doesn't delete your access to somebody. You block them if you really don't want to talk to them. Right. The girlfriend that called him Zatch, I wish I could have watched that episode with her because I would have loved to hear, hear what she had to say. Right. Right. So Lindsay goes on to say how manipulative he is and how Zach is a liar and blah, blah, blah. She gets going all girl power, <laughs> even though she's been lying to her friend for basically a month. She is and horrible. Awful. 
That's and all right. So Mindy's like, well, they're both lying to me. So <laughs> that's that. I-, I feel so bad for Mindy. And she, you know, when Zach's sister was talking to him on Skype or whatever, and she was like, that girl, like, basically put her family on the line for this experiment because they didn't show up to the wedding mm-hmm. and you're, you don't even want to move into the apartment. Like, and you're telling everybody you're going to put a hundred percent into this. Even if you see the girl down at the end of the altar and she's not what you think that you're going to be putting on all this effort. And that Mindy's not that unattractive that you need to be doing all this. No. And her friend definitely ain't that attractive. No. And yeah, I wonder what his sister had to say. And his mom and dad seeing this. Right. Mm-mm. Probably tested. Uh so how are you feeling about this season so far? Are you excited? Well, you know what? This episode is keeping me interested because I want to know what happens after this. Um at, I was starting to get a little bored because I was like, you know what? The same thing is happening. Um, Justin and Austin are doing well. Taylor and Brandon are done. Mindy is, he's not moving in. Stop it. And Derek and Katie get on my nerves. Well, she gets on my nerves and Derek is a sweetheart. So I was like, the storyline wasn't changing, but to this particular week made it interesting. Unfortunately, at Mindy's uh, downfall, but I feel like I'll continue watching because of that. Otherwise, it was pretty much boring. I mean, you, you saw the same things every every episode. Right. So we'll see. Now, now I'm back interested again. So now we are... Do, do you think that they should have... Because this was the first season where they started doing two episode, two-hour episodes. Do you think yeah. that they could have consolidated it down to one? Because I do. Well, that's a good point because they do consolidate it down to one when they re-air it during the week. And I've watched it thinking that it was something else. And they cut a lot of the Justin Austin scenes out because they're just too normal. And they keep all the drama in it. So a lot of the stuff that is good they just cut it out and you don't see much of Jessica and Austin in those hour episodes. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. And not too many, but I think they should they need to take it down to four couples max. Focus on picking people that are more compatible. And uh and yeah, then they can put it back to an hour. Right. Um, so next week I think is gonna be an important week. It seems like they finally are like really hard on Zach about his behavior. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to finding out if Mika and Michael ever make it to Jamaica (laughs) 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 or, or one day Michael's just going to come out with a Rasta man hat and tie dyed shirt and (laughs) ask her if she wants mimosas again. He's going to have a tub with blow up dolphins in it. And if if she oh my god I'm actually nervous for him if that if he does something like that which he totally would totally would that's gonna be her last final straw so 
<laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see where he takes her. Oh my god. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much for being on. I assume you don't want people to follow you on any social media. Because <laughs> I don't have any? Well, also because you barely let our family members onto your Facebook. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, thank you so much. Hopefully I'll have you on again soon. Okay. Love you, sir. Right. Love you. Bye. Bye. I like the icons you sent. The uh, little devil thing is probably a tease of certain types of chats that we have sometimes. What kind of chats are those? <laughs> no, so, and you want to go there. <laughs> they, they can be very interesting sometimes. Uh, you know, we, we'll get into sexual chats or something like that. And she writes back, see you soon. So excited. And I'm writing back in all capitals, yes. And hmm. After three failed attempts to meet Lana, I'm 100% sure that we're going to meet this time and uh, we're going to enjoy ourselves. All right, y'all, let's get into the latest episode of 90 Day Fiance. Um, I'm going to start with Darcy, actually, because we didn't really see too much of her. Um, basically, <laughs> she and Steph- Stephanie, Stacy, go to uh, the spa. They have a spa lovely spa day with their friend Rena. Darcy and Stacy are in matching um you know how they make everybody wear white robes at the spa but they're in matching black um sort of like Hollywood bombshell uh bathing suits with their you know the shoulders of the robe over them very like Mariah Carey it's just excellent just Darcy truly gives you everything that you could possibly need and she doesn't even have to lift a finger to do it also i think it's worth noting that darcy and stacy have both um kind of their work has really started to sink in whatever face work they've got done is like really working out now um their weave has been tightened up which is, you know, a blessing. And Stacy has stopped using the um, Kylie Jenner um, face blackening foundation. I don't know what she was thinking. Stacy, I'm a Fenty Beauty 420. You are not. <laughs> and that is worth noting, sister. Um, anyway, Raina is their, like, best friend, and so Stacy and Darcy tell her about the pictures of Tom with another woman who Stacy says is a Darcy lookalike, <laughs> and it just makes me wonder, like, what does Darcy see in the mirror? Like, Darcy's a pretty girl, but this chick looks more like, Whew. I don't even know. Kind of like that girl, you know, that girl that went viral a few weeks ago for singing Shallow <laughs> um, from, oh God, what is that movie? It's a bane of my existence. The star is born. Um, she looks a little bit more like her than Darcy, but whatever. Uh, then, okay. So Raina says that Tom and Darcy's relationship is sick and that they're never on the same page. <laughs> um, they're, really like it's just like they're just going back and forth about how they don't like tom and how she needs to be strong and darcy is scared to meet tom because of what happened with jesse and the last time that they met each other in new york which is that he basically dumped her and she's just feeling very triggered by the whole situation reina encourages 
Darcy to stick up for herself and Darcy says that she is planning to go to New York to show him what he lost. She has no intention of bringing up the conversation about um, who this chick is in the pictures. She doesn't want to do anything but to show Tom that she is an empowered woman and a beautiful and empowered woman at that. <laughs> God bless. And this is why we love Darcy. Um, next we're going to Stephanie and Erica, um, our iconic bisexual couple. Uh, Stephanie's on Skype with Erica. They're talking about their plans in Australia. Erica seems like a pretty cool chick. You know, she's got that like half pink, half purple hair. Um, you know, she loves the manic panic moment. And I, I love that for her. Uh, Stephanie tells Erica about the dinner that she had with her parents and how she basically chickened out of coming out to them because she says she basically just didn't want to, she was worried that like, if they, if the conversation didn't go right and if her mom and family didn't approve of her being a bisexual, that she, that it would basically put like a damper on the trip and she didn't want to do that. Um, so we learned that Erica's like really social. She's got a, big friend group you know she really likes to go out and do a bunch of things and stephanie is worried about that because you know because of stephanie's illness the aplastic anemia she really can't i mean her her social interactions are a little bit limited and also she's just kind of like a, a homebody anyway she's like you know i really kind of like to just stay home and watch movies and stuff um then but stephanie is going off to australia she's getting packed and her best friend heather comes to pick her up so she can take her to the airport uh because of the anemia stephanie has to bring like a ton of antibiotics and medications uh with her like we saw the counter of things i mean it was at least a dozen boxes of like various medications and you know she very of the time she stocks up on her hand sanitizer she wears a face mask while she's traveling um yeah it's just all very topical you know <laughs> uh heather the best friend is concerned that stephanie is like a little bit naive because she heather thinks that like basically that stephanie kind of like puts her all into her relationships because of her sickness that she feels like you know I guess there's like a, a sense of mortality kind of surrounding Stephanie because of her illness and that Stephanie might be a little bit too forthcoming with her feelings with people and end up getting hurt. Um, so she's worried about that. And she's also worried that like Erica might not be ready, you know, as a 24 year old girl who's very social and partying that she, Erica might not want to like pick up and move her life all the way to America to stay with a girl who, you know, kind of has to have, uh, you know, limited social interaction with people. Um, but then we also learned that Stephanie is celibate. I, I don't know if she said that last, I think she actually did say that last episode, but yeah, she's celibate and she's really worried because she's, you know, she was saving herself basically after her last relationship. She said she just really wanted to save herself for somebody who's, um, you know, very special to her and who means a lot to her. So she's, very nervous about that. Um, fortunately, we do see in the preview that Erica is real and that she does show up at the airport. So I'm happy about that. Um, next, we'll go to Lisa and Usman. It was quickly becoming my least favorite couple. Like as much as I love to see Angela and Michael, I don't know. This like diet 
fago version of of them is like really not doing it for me um so it's their first morning in nigeria um you know lisa you know tells us that one thing led to another and bada bing <laughs> um she also tells us which we kind of found out from angela is that basically husband didn't know what oral sex was and that she had to show him now, if I could pay, like, I would literally rather get coronavirus than even, like, go into the deepest depths of my imagination to try and pull out what that whole scene must have looked like. Like, put me in quarantine right now. Um, she, Usman says <laughs> that out of the 100% expectation that he had that Lisa was 70% good, and that's okay for him. <laughs> she then pulls out the condoms that her friend gave her before she left uh, America and they vow not to use them. And then she's asked him like, like, uh, did you like not using condoms? Did you like that? I'm like, ugh, I don't like any of this girl. Um, then they go out to eat with the roommates and Lisa's obviously annoyed about them because she planned on having every moment with Usman by herself. And they, you know, of course she doesn't want to eat the food. Ugh, which is like one of my biggest gripes about these Americans. Like if you don't think that you're going to eat and like all you are going to eat is like uh, fries and whatever the fuck, then like don't even go. And that food looked pretty decent. Like he said it was just like a, there was like one dish that was a mix of meat and fish. But then the other things were like, I don't know, pretty normal and not really that weird. It was like mostly rice based. Anyway, they discuss how Usman's mom is uncomfortable with Lisa and how she's white and how she could potentially um, put him into slavery, which, like, honestly, like, maybe this is being lost in translation, but Lisa's mom really isn't nice, wrong. Like, she doesn't want to, you know, like, make him do manual labor except for, like, you know, weave through her, <sighs> weave through her pubes and try, oh, no, she got waxed. <laughs> just you know he, she doesn't expect him to do any sort of manual labor outside of like having sex with her but he is kind of like a slave in the sense that like she doesn't want him to speak to anybody she doesn't want him to have any interactions with girls she's going in his phone and like blowing up any chick that like sends him a hard eye emoji or something um and Lisa says that they're getting married with or without mom's blessing, which does not go over well with either the roommates or Usman. But Usman doesn't seem to want to, like, stand up to his sweet baby girl, Lisa. Um, so then the, the roommates are kind of like, girlfriend, like, that isn't going to work. You're not going to just, like, get married. You know, this is not how we do things in Nigeria. We trust our parents. And if they say no to something, then, like, especially your mom, like, you just don't do it. And so Lisa gets, like, she seems very sidetracked by the situation. Again, not learning about our partner's cultures would really, you know, really doesn't help the situation. So she gets up from the table and starts, like, hemming and hawing about, like, whether or not Usman's actually going to marry her. Um... And she says, like, she's just worried about uh, coming back to America a single woman. 
So then they're back at the hotel and they're packing up to go to Kaduna, which is where Usman lives um, because he's got stuff to do with work. He's got like a performance coming up. Um, and Usman says that like he's not from Kaduna. He's from like northern Nigeria. But Kaduna is basically like where you go. Like it's the Los Angeles of of you know like it's it's the hub of the music industry like if you go there if you really want to like get it on and popping um but on the way to the hotel they or excuse me oh uh, ugh, excuse me i think Usman like goes to either either he's packing up the car or he's going to get, get gas or something and his phone starts like he starts getting messages and lisa starts getting annoyed so when he gets back in the car she's like Oh, somebody really wants to talk to you. Who's that? Who's that? Who's who wants to talk to you? Who's that? And there's one's like, I don't even know whose number this is. Like, I don't even know. And so Usman's like, you know, I knew that she was controlling, but I thought that when she got here, she would be like chill out a little bit, but she's not doing that at all. Um, so he's really concerned about her, how controlling she is. Um, then Usman shows her the apartment and Lisa again is like total ugly American. She acts so horrified. She, you know, like they basically have to like they do I did say they only share a bed or their whole apartment is a bed, but it is an apartment. They do share a bed and I think I think two guys share one bed and then one guy sleeps like on a like kids mattress on the floor and they're uh bathroom leads a lot to be desired basically they bathe out of a bucket and the toilet wasn't even like bolted properly to the floor like it was like you barely touch it down on the seat and it was like moving and shaking so you really had to balance to sit there but she's like oh my god I'm horrified like blah 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 and she's like well you know I thought he was like the superstar this is like not how i thought he would be living like yeah girl i mean nigeria is a huge country he only had like twenty thousand followers um you know nigeria is a big country in africa for the entertainment industry so like for you to only have twenty thousand followers which now i think he only has like a few thousand like five thousand or something which obviously means that he bought his followers. Um, it's like, girl, I mean, I know that she's like 50 something, but it's like context clues, you know, like context clues. Anyway, she tells Usman that she's going to freshen up. And while she's doing so, the boys are kind of like talking and about her attitude and how possessive she is. And Usman's really concerned about how she's going to act around his work colleagues because their next plan, like outside of seeing his mom are to like really get to uh, meet his friends and the people he works with and people that he's in the industry with. And it's just going to be a disaster because we remember that before Lisa left America, she said she wanted to take control of his uh, music career. Like, what are you, Jimmy Iovine? Get out of here. Anyway, speaking of other doomed couples, we're going to Ed and Rosemary. Um, Ed is a lot like Lisa in that, like, he clearly is just, like, out of his league in terms of the creature comforts that come from being an American and how people live. And, like, he just doesn't... uh, It just... It's really gross to be getting, like, very, like, Paul and Carini slut-shaming vibes from him. And just, like, the way... I just don't understand, like, if you think it's possible that, like, this 
woman that you are going to that you bought a ring for if you think that she's so like you know dirty quote unquote and like she because she doesn't want to talk about her past that she's some sort of like diseased whore that needs to get uh, you know like you don't trust her like then don't even be in a relationship with her like if you honestly if that's how you feel that like I'm going to give her an STD test before I have sex with her and it's like yeah we should be doing that but like you're giving it to her but you're not taking one yourself like you're not doing this as a like oh we should both be safe for each other it's like I just want to be safe from you and it's like I don't know like what is your presumption what what has she done to make you feel like she could not like do you think that she's a sex worker do you think that she's an escort like what do you think is really going on here that's what I would love to know but they wake up in the morning and He's really excited to be in the Philippines, but he wants to get to know her because he claims that Rose has been really evasive about her past. And I just truly wonder, like, what is it that he's asking? What is it that she's not giving to him? Um, Rose says that she's nervous because she doesn't speak perfect English. She still seems like pretty, I don't know if if this is like, I understand like she obviously wants to go to America and she's been very clear about that and clear about having a better life, but it does seem like she's kind of into him. And I think if she just wanted to like find some dude and, you know, I don't know if she's, if she's really not into him, she's, she's doing a good job of showing, not showing that. Um, they get to the hotel and Ed says that he got two beds again because he thinks that she's a whore and but when they get to the room the rooms the beds were pushed together which is not a big deal um they get there and things are super awkward like he asks her if she's excited and says that she doesn't sound excited which is like a great way to ruin the moment like do you know how like when you're like maybe upset or you're maybe like a little bit annoyed but you can be talked down to the ledge but then somebody's like oh are you okay is something wrong and it, then it starts to aggravate you and you start to get emotional that it was kind of like that like wh- why bring up being an awkward and mm-hmm. then like challenge her on whether or not she's being awkward like of course it's going to be awkward um Rose says in an interview that she's excited that he got two bedrooms because, or two beds rather, because she doesn't want to be intimate right away. Um, Turns out she doesn't have pajamas, which really makes Ed like depressed because he thinks that she's just too poor to have pajamas, which might be the case. But like, she also could just not wear pajamas. Like there are plenty of people who can afford pajamas and not wear them. Um, But he gives her like a little t-shirt at San Diego, you know, what do you call those things? Like a, you know, you know what I mean? Gift shop t-shirt, tourist t-shirt. Um, and as she changes, she goes to the bathroom to change and he tells the cameras like, this is going to be awkward. So then they switch places. He goes to change mm-hmm. in the bathroom and they ask Rose like how she's feeling. And she's just, so he just like, Ed talks a lot and I'm tired. She's like, he just says a lot. He jokes a lot. And I'm just, she just seemed like kind of like emotionally exhausted by the whole day. So when he gets out of the bathroom, she uh, like 
totally pretends to be asleep. Like, she's clearly not asleep. And he's doing this thing, like, he knows that she's not asleep, but he's not, like, respecting the fact that she just wants to be asleep. So he's, like, awkwardly trying to talk to her and be like, hey, good night. Hey, good night. Like, I love you. Like, and she's just, like, laying there. <laughs> it's so, so awkward. Like, you guys really got to chill. Um, so the next day we find out that they didn't do anything. They didn't so much as kiss that they, you know, he stayed on his side. She stayed on hers. Rose is really happy because she thinks that like Ed is really being really respectful and wants to treat her like a queen. Um, then they get ready for the day and Ed wants to take her shopping. Now notice this. He says he makes a big deal about like, I really want to take her shopping. I was really upset that she didn't have pajamas. I really want to take this day to like take her out and spoil her. That's what he says in the talking head. That's what he tells her in the camera or in the, you know, face to face. So we're all on the same page here. Um, Mostly it seems like he just wants to walk around like with a hot chick on his arm. But like if she can get some pajamas out of it, then the more the better. So they go to this like public park, uh, public open air market and things go south really quickly because as she, you know, they find like pajamas, which are very clearly like, I mean, it's an open air market. Like you're not getting like high quality items there. Like it's very clearly like something that you would get in here in America. Like, do they sell pajamas at the dollar store? I mean, it's, it's on that level. Like it's not like a JC Penny. It's not even like a Walmart. Maybe it's like a Walmart quality pajama. We'll put it that way. Um, so then okay so they're like negotiating going back and forth ed wants to know the prices and he takes his wallet out and rosemary just takes money out of his wallet he gets all like out of sorts and verklempt and uh of course i they said it was like oh gosh i think they said it was like 180 pesos they use pesos in phil in the philippines so of course i did the exchange and the pajamas were three dollars and fifty cents so she gives the guy like it was 180 or 190 pesos and she gave him like 190 or 200 she's like keep the change he's like keep the change it was 10 19 cents in american money so we're talking three dollars and 69 cents for pajamas Ed is sweating right through his shirt. He's not happy. He does not like that she took money out of his wallet, which is completely fair. Um, but then she, they're walking around and she's like, oh, I want you to get this, like, you know, basically like a Hawaiian shirt. So they go and get the Hawaiian shirt. She takes the money. She grabs the money out of his wallet again, gives it to him. Again, it, the shirt was like $9. They basically end up spending like 12 or $13 American between the pajamas and the button-down t-shirt. But Ed is like, pissed he's sweating he's uncomfortable there are too many people around him he's just getting overwhelmed and he's like we need to leave like i just want to spend this day spoiling you but like we need to leave and i'm so concerned that you've spent 12 dollars 12 american dollars um and i now he's like talking about how he thinks that this is a part of a scam that her, her sister try to join it in on and that they're like that this is part of some like bigger uh lick that they've got going on like literally they spent 
$13. Like, you can chill the fuck out. But Ed was like, I need to go. Like, he gets all, like, crazy and emotional. And it's like, I just need to leave. Uh, so they leave. And that was the end of Ed and Rose. I'm really not liking how, like, much of an ugly American Lisa and Ed tend to be. Like, I think that they think, I don't know. Like, there's a line where we have to go in compassion. And I think, like, Ed thinks that he's being really, like, kind and sweet. But, like, he clearly thinks of her as, like, this destitute woman, which she might be. But it's also, like you I don't know it's just like pick a wall boots like you can feel badly about her situation but also like not make assumptions about her like especially when it comes to her you know what whatever might or may not be going on with her vagina with it's like this like bleeding heart thing like oh I really want to take care of her but I also don't trust her because she's poor and like I, I just don't really like that I don't think it's I just think it's very mm-hmm. weird um then let's go to Avery and Ash Ugh. <sighs> Avery's fresh off the plane and she's looking for Ash in the airport I gotta say Avery looks way different in her talking head interviews than we see her during filming like it looks like two completely different people Ash is in the airport. He's arrived in, like, the fuckboy outfit of the world, which is, like, the tightest jeans you can imagine and a leather moto jacket and a black shirt under it. His gelled hair is, like, up to the gods. It's, like, truly, like, he could not look more like uh, like a Vegas douchebag. Um, they meet and his first move is to grab her by the back of the head and like kiss her, which I don't like. Um, then, gosh, I don't know. His eyes are popping out. They, he looks like a crazed person. Ash says that Avery looks way better in person. Way, way better. Um, we find out that Ash lives with his brother, but his brother asked them to get an Airbnb. Apparently, Ash's brother does not trust Avery, but they don't get into why. Um, So they go to the the Airbnb. It's, like, pretty nice two-bedroom. Ash shows her their room, but then Avery's quickly like, oh, but I think I saw another bedroom, and, like, you need to sit there and sleep there, and then, like, maybe we can think about you migrating over to the main bedroom. So... Ash is, like, respectful of the fact that Avery doesn't want to share a bed or sleep together the first night. Uh, On her bed, he bought her a bouquet, so they go out to the living room to open up the bouquet of roses, and it's black roses, which, like, I don't really have a problem with. It's very, like, my chemical romance, but, like, whatever. I bet, like, Tanya would have really loved that for her wedding. Ugh. Is Sinjin single yet? Like, can we get an APB on Sinjin, please? Um, the producers are like well do you know what black roses means he's like yeah I know it means death but like through darkness light emerges like okay whatever dude (laughs) truly these these two are truly made for each other planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Then he pulls out these bracelets. This fucking killed me. He pulls out these leather bracelets that um, he had bought for her and himself before. And we turned out. So Avery told us like that they had broken up or rather she had dumped Ash three times over the past nine months that they've been together. So we find out. And this is so weird. So remember how Avery has been going on and on about how she doesn't know who Ash is and how he knows how to say all the right things and she doesn't know if she's really getting the right person and he's been so sketchy and like not claiming her. So we find out that Ash had posted a picture of these two bracelets. They're two leather, you know, leather bracelets and they're engraved. Um, and one says Ash hearts Avery and one says Avery hearts Ash. So he posted the pictures of the bracelets on his Instagram as sort of like a public declaration that they were together. This is the whole thing that like she had been making it seem like he had been so sketchy and like denying her existence and blah, blah, blah. But so he posted the picture of this bracelets on Instagram and she ghosted him. <laughs> She ghosted him because she was so overwhelmed by his public display of affection that she, like, just, like, completely freaked out at the commitment of it all. So you've been complaining this whole time about how he might not be committed and how he's sketchy and how, like, he's the one who's unstable, but you're the one, the moment that he publicly claims you on social media, the thing that every woman who thinks that that shit is important would dream of and you dump him for claiming you (laughs) that is so weird avery's weird and that's why i didn't like her from the beginning and i don't like ash but i'm starting to like him a little bit more because that's just like a weird thing to break up with somebody over um so ash says you know avery's like well are you nervous like that that might happen again (laughs) like that I might stop talking to you because you're kind to me um and he was like no he's just Ash is very like zen always with the platitudes about energies and blah 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 and he said that he's not nervous about anything bad happening because they're so connected they're connected in mind and body and spirit and when those things are all aligned then nothing can possibly go wrong Avery is still not sure he's being honest, but it's like, girl, I just feel like there's some that Avery might have a secret that we're not really 
becoming privy to. And in the previews, we're, we saw that she is about to meet up with Ash's brother, who doesn't trust her. And I think now we're going to find out what really is going on from both ends. Um. Oh, my gosh. Are we at our last couple? I hope so. <laughs> I think so. Yes. Okay. This is a couple that makes 90 Day Fiance. This is a couple that I've been waiting for. This is what I need to enjoy my 90 day experience is a couple like this. Enter in David and Lana. David is from Las Vegas. He is 60 years old. He does well for himself finally himself financially. Um, and the first scene with David, we see him looking to buy like a luxury RV. He says that like, um, he'll be retiring soon and that he basically plans on selling his home um, to move into an RV full time and like have live out the rest of his days just traveling on that. So he wants somebody to share it with. So naturally he's looking for a bunch of like 20 something year old blondes to fulfill that because there's nothing that a 20 year old blonde from the U- from Ukraine would want to do is to spend her rest of her life in an RV with an elderly man. So he has two cats. He's got hair that doesn't look real. Like, I don't know if it's just like, it looks like a wig, but it also looks like maybe he does have a lot of hair, but he like dyes it. So it's like that weird, like, why are we not? I feel like men don't really farewell in the hair sciences like a man's wig is always gonna look like a wig right like most wigs still look like wigs but men's wigs make you look like a freaking creep right like as soon as a man puts a wig on like he looks like a pervert right (laughs) I don't know why that is and like they never get the rinses right like the dark is too dark the black is too black and it's like not natural I don't know Chaz Dean does he have any answers for that but anyway he has been talking to a woman from named Lana for seven years now. She's 28 now, which means that then when they started talking, he was 53 and she was 21. Ugh. Um, he basically tells us that he has a fetish for Slavic women and that that's like really his thing, that it goes back to when he used to watch Bullwinkle as a kid and seeing Boris and Natasha, those are their names, right? That Natasha like really did it for him. And he's just like extremely horny. He estimates that he and Lana have spent about 5,000 hours chatting in the seven years, but (laughs) Oh Lord, this is what gets me so excited about this show. Um, they've only been chatting through a site that you have to pay for by the minute. So now we, when we've been hearing like all these Russian girls, all these Ukrainian girls talking about like, oh, um, you know, they're just scammers, you know, they use these sites and you don't even really know who you're talking to. Um, this is what he's taught, what everybody is referring to. Um, so then he says like, okay, so they've been talking for seven years, right? David tells us that whenever he brings up using like another mode of communication, be it email, 
you know, the 70,000 modes of communication, like a WhatsApp, a Facebook messenger, like there are so many avenues that we can be talking to people other than having to pay for them on a site. But basically every time he brings up, uh, using another mode of communication, she gets mad (laughs) and says that she's too shy. Okay. He tells us now that he spent over a hundred thousand dollars on Lana over the years. I got chills. You guys, he then meets up with longtime friends, Dave and Victoria. Oddly enough, Victoria is also Ukrainian and has the accent. Um, and he wants to tell them, like, keep them up to date on his trip to meet Lana. Then they spill the beans. David and Victoria spill the beans that David has attempted to meet Lana on three separate occasions over the past seven years. And David's like, well, okay, well, the first time she goes to me, the second time her brother died, and the third time she had a medical issue that required her to be like basically, you know, like out of sorts for three weeks. Baby. Honey. Sir, <laughs> they obviously don't think that, he, that Lana's going to show up. Nobody thinks that Lana's going to show up. Dave tries to throw it back at Victoria and was like, well, you did like the dating site stuff. And she was like, no, 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 no. I used a traditional dating site that I had to pay for. She's like, but nowadays the men pay for everything. And this is like not above board. It's very sketchy. Um, And she... Victoria then goes on to say, like, basically, in the culture in Ukraine, that if a woman is not married by 25, that basically she's kind of like an old maid, and that basically all they do at that point is that they're gold diggers, and that their whole thing is to, like, find rich men to marry. Um, (laughs) David says... She stood me up three times before, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to meet Lana. Well, you could have used that $100,000 to buy yourself about three Lanas in the form of a real doll because she's not a real person and you're better off getting a hunk of silicone to be your friend (laughs) if this is the way you're going. Maybe they could, like, I don't know, put a little voice box in there to speak Russian at you, really get you going. I truly don't know. Ah, David then goes to the park, question mark, to chat with Lana from his laptop. So so he's sitting like, you know, in a galley of all these like picnic tables and he's like chatting with her. He says that he likes to chat with her in different areas so that it feels more like she's with him or like she's more involved in his life, which is so sad. Um, fortunately for everybody, Lana, and I'm using air quotes here, is online. Um, we find out that you, basically, the site is, like, so Windows 95, like, so old school that, like, and you have to pay for different services. So he says that, like, most of the time he's just, like, in a chat room with her. And they also, it's worth mentioning that, like, once those chats and this is how you really know it's a scam that like once you're done chatting once the chat room is closed that the conversations completely delete which to me seems like okay that way 
people can't go back and have like and try to like verify information or the girls who are on the site don't have to worry about like you know like what past conversations they had that they can just start fresh every time because that's how it works right oh yeah 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 so then okay so then we find out that like basically you have to pay more for video chat but there's no audio regardless he says they both basically just like use the chat room to talk and they have to pay by the minute. If you want to do video chat, which is basically just like be able to see a woman on the screen reacting to what you're saying, like like a cam girl situation, basically. So you can see her react and you can see her typing, but you can't hear her or anything like that. So there's no audio element to this website at all. Um, So... Then he types to Lana and is like asking about the train ticket because he is going to go to Odessa, Ukraine. And so she's going to take the train from wherever she lives to Odessa. So he's asking her like, oh, do you know the information about the train? Like, do you have it? And mm, lo and behold, Lana can't remember where she put the information. But don't worry, you guys. David doesn't think that she's faking. Before they hang up, I don't know if that's a term, um, she sends some emojis and it's like, he calls them icons with their emojis. One of them is two smiley faces with a heart in between them. One is a heart blowing kisses and one of them is like a flirty devil, like a sexy little devil situation. And then he goes on to talk about, like, the, the producers are like, oh, well, talk to us about these emojis. And then he talks about, like, I'll put the clip before. I mean, you guys already heard this clip at this point, if I can put it on. But then he goes on to talk about how they, like, cyber sex with each other. It was so gross. Ugh. Um, Leslie, nope. Take the wheel. Like, please inform David that our national parks are not a place for you to be having cyber sex with fake women from Ukraine. Um Dave is 100% sure that they're going to meet. Then we get a scene of David later that day, and he's on a FaceTime, and they try to, like, fake us out. So he's on a FaceTime with a girl named Anya, who is, you guessed it, also Ukrainian. So they're talking, and we find out that Dave has been to Odessa, Ukraine before to meet hot young chicks, and that he met Anya on one trip, but things didn't work out because... Basically, it sounds like she wasn't slutty enough for him. He says that she was too shy and um but she knows all about Lana. She you know, they remain friends and they're close. Anya compl- also does not believe that Lana is a real person because nobody believes that Lana is a real person except for David. Um so because of that like Lana doesn't really like excuse me, Anya doesn't really like Lana. Um, but Dave says that he's positive. <laughs> David says that he's positive she's that Lana's gonna show up on the train because she told him that he that she was planning on wearing a blue dress. And that's all the confirmation that he needed that she was definitely a hundred percent gonna be there. <laughs> that she is already planning her wardrobe. God bless the producers at 90 Day Fiance. That is it for me this week, you guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with my sister. 
Um, and I got, I hope you guys like really enjoy. Most of you guys are hunkering down, working from home. I hope you guys can stay sane, stay positive, keep up on the things that you haven't been keeping up on, like really tap into yourself self-care and and your health and all of those things. And if you guys want to give me a five-star review, I wouldn't complain about that either. Um, y'all I'll catch up with you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Mm-hmm.